warning you. Monkey's crazy mind contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised, but will be completely ignored. <laughs> I forgot that that microphone pops when you first turn it on, but we are here. We are live. We are mic'd for the entire IX Center to hear. The asylum is officially open. We are live here at the Piston-Powered Autorama here in the IX Center. Year two for Money's Crazy Mind to be here. And just like last year, it's WrestleMania weekend, and we're going to be going through the entire two-night WrestleMania card, looking to see what matches I'm looking forward to, what matches I could give two hootin' nannies about, and maybe, just maybe, if you guys are lucky, we might have someone walk by with the Redline Pro Wrestling tag team championships all right but like i said we are here we are live we are um killing it this weekend here uh first time we've ever had speakers where everyone can actually hear all of our great shows all of our great content here at redline radio it's a little different because you know obviously you see it in, in our in our opener where you know uh you know i don't normally pull punches and let let the fur fly but you know since we're miked and we're we're broadcasting out loud to everybody here in the uh ix center obviously we're gonna have to keep it pg here tonight in the asylum so uh you see lisa behind me <laughs> and now she's walking away because she's nervous but uh, also you see behind me here we got this really cool uh, display right behind me. They're called the uh, Penton Owners Group, and it's a collection of old motorcycles and dirt bikes uh, from, you know, all eras of time. Right across from us, we've got a collection of some old, uh, old vintage semi-trucks, pickup trucks. There's even a pickup truck made completely out of wood. And that thing is pretty cool. And then not too far from where we are right here, we've got an area where the, the children's can play with some Tonka trucks, move some sand around, do some cool stuff. 
right down the road from us, we have uh, the veteran section. And um, as I said earlier, when we were broadcasting live music uh, over our 24-hour uh, um, radio station, um, they are actually collecting a lot of money for the USO. Other, uh, other veteran affair programs and things like that. So lots to do, lots to see, lots of fun to be had here at the IX Center this weekend for the Piston-Powered Autorama. Uh, you heard great, you know, talking about the history of NASCAR, its roots with uh, Prohibition and the Moonshiners. You heard Jen Jen talking about, you know, celebrities that like getting in trouble and all that stuff. So a little mixed bag for everybody that we've been kind of broadcasting here live tonight. Now, I do kind of want to mention one thing here. So last week, right here on the show, I'm all tangled. Last week, right here on this very show, I mentioned that Blockbuster Video was in fact, or their website, I should say, uh, mysteriously went active uh, last week. Or, yeah, last week? Was it last week or maybe two weeks ago? And um, the uh, the interesting story behind that was was that, you know, there was, wasn't really an answer as to why all of the sudden Blockbuster's website decided to go active. And um, it turns out, we found out. Um, just two days ago, it was reported that, and, and this was the, the craziest thing, you know, because I even said, if this is the fact that Blockbuster is going to be making a comeback, they should come back as a brick-and-mortar rental store. And lo and behold, that is exactly what Blockbuster is doing. So at first, um, you know, obviously this is just a test model to see if, you know, brick and mortar running is going to work in 2023. And it's crazy because actually the reasoning that they were giving um, on this article that I read as to why Blockbuster is bringing back brick and mortar stores were the exact reasons that I mentioned last week on the show. So how about that? You know, uh, Grape talks about being Grape Adonis. Well, I'm Asylum Adonis. How about that? Um, but, yeah, so um, they're bringing back four stores, two in L.A., two in San Diego. And the reasons that were listed in the article for Blockbuster making their return were, in fact, the fact that a lot of people are unhappy with the 4k quality that people are getting on streaming sites is that not what i said last week i think it was um but yeah you know uh because you're not getting a true hdr 10 you're not getting true surround sound like if you look at a 4k disc you know obviously you know you're going to get top tier hdr 10 um, the truest colors, the truest sound, everything like that. If you go, and let's say you buy a 4K disc, obviously you're going to get the Movies Anywhere or the Voodoo Code to download a digital copy of that same exact film. Now, 
when you go to movies anywhere or you go to voodoo or you go to wherever to watch that, you may see that it is in fact HDR, but it may not actually be HDR 10. It may not actually be true HDR. It might be like a, a certain form of HDR. Forgive me, I've been here all goddamn day. I'm tired, man. All right, but anyway, so when you're looking at that and you're seeing that HDR, it may not exactly be HDR 10, but where you're going to notice the biggest discrepancies, and I have noticed this myself, with a lot of different movies, not just uh, movies that I have purchased in 4K. The sound is way different. Um, it's quieter, for one, and it's not true surround sound. It's not true Dolby Atmos. It's not true, uh, you know, true um, HD 5.1, whatever they want to call it these days. But it's not. And I have noticed that with quite a few discs. When I watch them on a physical disc, the sound is much clearer. It's much cleaner. You can, you can actually pick up what's coming from the different channels around you and things like that. When you're watching it over a streaming service, it's, it's very muted. And sometimes you don't get that surround feeling when you're listening to it. So with and also 4K discs are becoming harder and harder to find. Um, even though they're making quite a few of them, uh, especially the classic ones. Um, so the, the, there's all those reasons. And it, in the article that I, that I read, it was all of those reasons that Blockbuster wants, you know, is making this comeback and is opening these four stores. Uh, like I said, two in L.A. and two in San Diego. Obviously, if these are successful, like the store in Bend, Oregon, um, they'll be able to come back and, and start branching out across the country again. And, you know, like I, like I was saying last week, um, if they do come back to Cleveland, I want my job back. That's all I want. I just want my job back. Um, but, yeah, you know, so, I mean, you know, like, like I was saying, um, you know, on my uh, live earlier, um, you know, it is WrestleMania weekend. We are going to discuss all the matches from both nights on WrestleMania, see which ones I'm looking forward to, which ones I could care less about, and, um, you know, just, just breaking down that card match by match. I think, I think it's going to be a cool thing. But before we get to that, um, I actually I know I talked about it briefly last week. Um, and we are kind of – so before we get to this, I kind of just want to talk about a few things that are, that are happening uh, with Money's Crazy Mind. As – everybody saw last week um i can't do it here because we have to be pg so i went back to the old theme or you know the the newest older theme blah 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 you know what i'm saying um but uh i switched back to my original theme song funny bone um shout out to psych ward for for you know their continued support with funny bone and all of that um but there's so, you know, we did episode 100, and episode 100 went spectacularly. Like I said, I'm not disappointed with it. We are going to be putting out a director's cut for it here uh, sooner rather than later. Um, but the other thing that we're kind of doing 
is now that episode 100 is out of the way, we're rebooting everything that Money's Crazy Mind is. I want to take it back to a little bit of an older feel. I want to take it back to um, kind of the reason why I got into podcasting. Um, I feel like I got away from that. And, you know, to, to, to kind of bring it into like a, a Metallica kind of thing, um, I feel like, you know, we'd, we'd have four successful albums with Kill 'Em All, Ride Lightning, Master Puppets, and Justice for All. And then we bring in Bob Rock, and Bob Rock, you know, says, change everything that you've done. Stop doing what you've done before. you got to change your sound every album to, or else you're not blah, blah, blah. And so now I feel like I'm kind of like, you know, I, I've brought in uh, Rick Rubin, which is what Metallica did on Death Magnetic. And we're kind of starting over. Kind of just getting back to the roots of Money's Crazy Mind and making the show truly about everything and nothing all at the same time. Obviously, we're going to be talking about WrestleMania, um, you know, but we, we have other stuff that we're covering, too, not just WrestleMania. Um, but, you know, and that was one of the big things that I wanted to do. I wanted to just kind of, like, forget that, you know, some of the the stuff that we had done had happened because there, there was a lot of things that I wasn't happy with um, over the past few months show-wise. Uh, but I think, you know, now that we have this chance to just kind of reboot and get kind of get back into basics, which is the other reason, if you watched the show last week, we burned the asylum to the ground because we're, we're you know, we're bringing it back. We're, we're, we're kind of restarting, like I said. And, and um, you know, next week we'll have something pretty cool planned uh, for the background and everything like that. Obviously, I can't do a background here. But I got probably the best background we can get, and that's a bunch of old vintage uh, dirt bikes and um, motorcycles. Uh, you know, and it kind of gives you guys a chance to see a little bit of the crowd and everything else, too. Um, you know, but, you know, we're, we're having fun here, man. You know, uh, for the first part of the day, you know, I did nothing but play music uh, from about 11 a.m. until about 3.15 ish and then we got got ready to start doing our live stream uh gimmick here um but i actually have a pretty cool opportunity coming up and it's probably one of the biggest opportunities that i'll ever get uh being associated with with any kind of media or anything like that uh i talked about it briefly last week but we're going to get into it you know a lot more in depth here right now um i have the opportunity uh, in two weeks to cover the release of Metallica's brand new album, 72 Seasons. And for anybody that knows me, Metallica has kind of been like the one band that I have constantly followed throughout most of my life. And to have this opportunity to be able to cover Metallica's new album release in two weeks on April 13th um, and go to the album release party, which they're turning into a global event, uh, putting it out in theaters and uh, movie theaters and things like that, and to be able to cover it with an actual musician. Uh, so I, I kind of teased on who it was last week, uh, but I am actually going to the album release party 
with uh, Tony Gonzalez, the lead singer of Four Locos. Um, so it'll be interesting to hear a musician's uh, perspective on this new Metallica album. Now, Tony is a, is a Metallica fan. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of, you know, kind of part of the, the gimmick here. Um, you know, but that that's kind of why I want to do him. So, like, probably on our way home from the event or maybe, like, if we decide to go hang out for a little bit afterwards or whatever, uh, I want to interview Tony and, you know, kind of have him be uh, uh, kind of an impromptu guest next week. So that'll be one of the segments on the show. So uh, I'm going to interview Tony, and him and I are going to give our, our – um, our opinion on the album in its entirety and you know i did pre-order the album so i do get to to go home and listen to it the day that it, it it's released and all of that stuff as well uh so you know uh we have that coming up and then um i want to do uh you know i got a couple of other ideas that i'm, that I'm uh getting getting uh in the works here uh, uh you know to to help you know, bring money's crazy mind kind of back to, to where I want it to be and, uh, things like that. So we got all that coming up and, uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys are liking the new direction that the show's going to go. Um, you know, and this isn't a decision that Lisa made, or this isn't a decision that Dave made or anything like that. Like neither one of them came up to me and said, yo, your show sucks. Now you need to, to change it. This is uh, something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, but personal things um, in my life and, you know, crazy-ass work schedules and things like that um, has kind of just put a damper on me, you know, being able to do the kind of show that I want to do. And I'm not saying that, that you know, I'm disappointed in, in, in everything that I've done over... Oh God! Like, let's say like the last six months. I'm not saying that any of that, um, you know, has been necessarily bad or negative, or you know that you know I'm downing my own show and my own performance. It's just not what I know this show can be and what I want this show to be. You know, it, it is you know content that that I would put out. But I just don't think it's it's uh, it was up to my own personal standards, and I kind of just want to take it back a little bit, uh, revamp everything, and uh, you know just just start over. You know, Corn has a song called "Starting Over," and that that's kind of what I want to do with this. All right. <clears throat> um, but you know, I, I haven't had a chance to look around and look at everything here yet. Um, you know, the, the one thing that I that I am kind of disappointed about here at the IX Center uh, this year for the Piston-powered Autorama is last year we were over by where the old Ferris wheel used to be. Now the Ferris wheel is gone. It's down in Canton now by the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, you know, and I, I was kind of curious as to where they were going to put us this year because they literally have pretty much cut the building in half. And on the other side of a wall, which is kind of where we were, like, in the middle of last year, um, there's, there's, you know, black curtains and things like that. And then on the other side of that is where the Cleveland Crunch soccer team plays. And if the uh, Gladiators come back, the arena football team, they might, they'll probably end up playing over there, too. You know, they already have the turf over there and things like that. It just makes sense to put them there. 
But, um, you know, and, and Lisa had kind of been talking about this uh, all day, and I kind of turned it into a little bit of a joke. But where we are, like, so when you enter in through the exhibitor entrance, so when, if you're coming in through the main entrance, the main entrance is going to be on this side. And it's not too far from where we are. I mean, so in a perfect world, if this were last year, the way that they had this place set up last year, this would be like prime real estate. But the main entrance is this way, not too far from here. But, you know, one, one of the things that they did this year that I, I'm not sure if they did last year or not. Um, if anybody out there is watching and remembers last year's show, maybe you can refresh my memory a little bit. But last, you know, um, they, they put people in the basement this year. And like I said, you know, like the, the show has been literally cut in half just because they only have half of the real estate that they had last year. But the main entrance is right around over here. And then back this way behind me, I don't know if I'll be able to get it into the shot or not. I mean, even though this is a 2K camera, but if you go like right over here, like where you see that um, canopy with the blue, with the white writing on it, right behind that is where all the exhibitors. So, you know, we entered today and, you know, all, all these other great people that are here, that's where we all entered. Um, and we are like dead in a corner now. I mean, we've had a couple of people come by and now that this, it's getting later and more people are showing up because, you know, now people are off work. So they have an opportunity to leave and get, get out of their house and do things. Um, you know, we're getting a little bit of attention now, uh, but you know, pretty much all day when it was, you know, when there was not that many people here. Like, people would just walk by and be like, oh, radio, okay, bye, and go look for the next cars. So, Lisa had made the comment that it's like, you know, I hate the fact that we're in this corner and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, well, you know what, Lisa? Nobody puts red line in a corner. And I think, you know, now that we've had Grapevine uh, done live here, we've had uh, Cocktails and Comedy with Jen Jen right before me, and now that I'm doing this, and people can kind of get a chance to see some of the stuff that's around us. Uh, I think tomorrow, when we have our full slate of shows here, we'll definitely get a little bit more attention. Now, before we get into the WrestleMania card, let's talk about what we have happening here tomorrow. The first hour of the day, actually, I think the first two hours, because um, I think doors open at 9 a.m. tomorrow. Um, but from 9 to about 1045-ish, uh, will be more live music and things like that. So if you guys missed the live music that we played earlier today, don't miss tomorrow, and here's why. Uh, all weekend long, we are going to give you guys your opportunity to hear Metallica's brand-new single on RedlineRadioLLC.com called 72 Seasons. It's the title track from their brand-new album that comes out April 14th, and it is all about the first 18 years of life. That's what Metallica is calling 72 seasons. So do the math on that. And let me know if Metallica was right on the math about on that. You know, you get four seasons a year, and they're talking about 18 years. So four times 18, if that equals 72, Metallica knows how to do math. I suck at math, so I'm not even about to try to attempt that. 
stuff. I, I almost slipped. I almost slipped. I'm trying not to get us kicked out of the IX Center this year for having potty potty. Um, but all right. So yeah. Uh, so for like the first hour and a half or hour and 45 minutes that we're that we're uh, here in the building tomorrow, we'll be playing live music on our website, RedlineRadioLLC.com, and also our our app, uh, the Redline Radio LLC app. It's available for Android devices. And then at 11 a.m. That guy, Dub, will be bringing us a special live performance right here at the IX Center, 11 a.m. to noon. And then immediately after that, we have the Lex Vegas show from uh, noon to 1. Lex is bringing uh, professional wrestler J.D. Smooth. It is WrestleMania weekend, like I stated. And then from uh, 1 to one to 3, well, actually 1 to 2, we'll be talking about balls. Justin is, is flying solo this, this week. And then from 2 to 3, we'll have uh, Tim Buck Tuesday, a special hour-long edition of that. And then from 3 to 5, uh, we're going to have 4th um, and 15. And then from 5 to 6, Club Pizzle will be open and taking your VIP requests. All you know, So you can kind of sense a pattern of what we're doing here. You know, we got talking about balls, 4th and 15, Club Pizzle, and then we will be closing out the night with the Steel City Renegades, and you're not going to want to miss this one, guys. If you guys have watched Steel City Renegades in the past, you know that Chipper can be very opinionated on some things, and well, you know, he talked a little bit of smack uh, when we did our last live remote out at Pit Road Diecast earlier this year, <laughs> and he kind of screwed the pooch on that. Uh, so Bill put up a challenge that if they could sell a car and it made um, over $1,000 when they did a car at auction, a, a little, you know, die-cast car. We're not talking about an actual car. That Chipper and a member of the Pit Road die-cast family, Anthony, would have to participate in the one-chip challenge. Well... That car sold for $6,000 uh, during Bill's auction. All of that money is going to charity. So now Chipper has to do the one chip challenge tomorrow night live here in the IX Center for the Piston Powered Autorama. And that will kick off our show 6 to 8 p.m tomorrow night and then we'll be talking Steelers free agency what we're looking forward to in the draft coming up um, next month uh, all that fun stuff and then Sunday from 9 a.m. until noon we have uh, the wild man Gary Wenner that's going to be competing with Wixie over here Wixie radio playing hits from the 50s 60s 70s and 80s because it's a special event. He always throws in the 80s for these special events. And it is also the first week of the year. So there you go. Um, but he'll also be taking live requests. And, uh, you know, like I said, we got the speakers this year, so so everybody that, that walks past us can hear everything that we got going on. So Gary will be taking requests live here in the IX Center. And then immediately following that, we got unscripted with uh, Adam and Dave and Chris Biggin is making a return and I think he might actually be performing live. Did you I heard that rumor? Did you hear that rumor? 
Yes, I'm talking to you. Didn't uh, Adam kind of break the news that Chris Biggin is going to be performing live here s Sunday? Yeah. All right. So that that might be a rumor. That uh, that might be a, a, a confirmed rumor. Uh, and then after that, we got the guys from TMI putting on a great show. And then we are closing out the night with uh, Loud and Local. Jeff bringing you all the music and news from all over the music scene. And I believe he has a very special guest as well. Uh, so that's what we got going on this weekend here at the uh, Piston Powered Autorama here. Uh, and so now let's get into it. We're going to start breaking down the WrestleMania card for this year. Talking about what I like, what I don't like, what I'm looking forward to, and what I think is just absolute monkey trash. Uh, so we're going to start, obviously, with Saturday night. Now, this is the official graphic that WWE put out just, I believe it was either yesterday or today, with all of the matches um, that they have on each day. So, uh, take a look at this here. You got John Cena and Austin Theory on there. I know it's kind of blurry, but... Um, so, I believe that Theory and Cena are the main event. So, we're going to go from the bottom of the graphic up. Since that is, I believe, the order that the matches are going to happen on the show. Because I don't think this first match is what they're going to close the night out with. But we got Braun Strowman and Ricochet taking on the Street Profits, Alpha Academy, and the Viking Raiders. Hmm. I mean, Alpha Academy is kind of falling apart because you got... Um, Otis running around trying to pretend he's a male model now um, with the Eminem rejects. Uh, the Viking Raiders, I mean, who's heard from those guys recently? You know, and I feel kind of bad because Ray Rowe is a, uh, Ray Rowe, one of the members of the, of the uh, Viking Raiders, if you didn't know that. I don't, I don't know exactly which one he is, uh, but he is a member of the, of, the, uh, of the Viking Raiders, and he is a Cleveland, Ohio native. So our hometown guy, nobody's seen too much of him in recent months. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't seen anything from the Viking Raiders in a long time. But we got them. Uh, Alpha Academy, like I said, they're kind of already falling apart because, you know, it's pretty much just the Chad Gable show over there in uh, Alpha Academy. And then the Street Profits, I mean, you know, Dawkins looked pretty good in the uh, Royal Rumble. But other than that, I mean, you know, they're the Street Profits. I mean, the two big names that you have in this match, the, the two names that I think might actually be able to take away from this match are obviously going to be Braun Strowman and Ricochet. And I, yes, I, I say his name that way because I was a huge fan of the Taz show. I was, one of, I was one of the many people that was part of Taz's dojo when he was doing the Taz show. That's how he always used to say uh, Braun Strowman's name, and I just never grew out of it. All right, so moving on. Again, this is night one, Saturday. The next match that they have listed here is Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. Now, this is a match that everybody has wanted to see ever since the Judgment Day formed and Dominic turned on his father. And, you know, everybody was kind of just like, that boy needs a whipping and his daddy needs to be the one to do it. Well, here you go. We're going to do it. And, you know, uh, recently... On SmackDown, it was either SmackDown or Raw. Dominic had some pretty choice words for his mother. 
and that is what threw Ray into a rage. And Ray was kind of just like, little boy, it's about time you get your butt whipped. We're going to do it at WrestleMania. So uh, who do I think is going to come out on top of this? You know, as much as I would love to say I want to see Ray finally get his comeuppance against, against Dominic, you know, Judgment Day is hot right now, man. Judgment Day is one of the better acts that they got going in uh, WWE right now. And, I mean, we also have, hey, Wixie, keep it down, man. I'm trying to break down WrestleMania for people. God bless it, man. I can't cuss. This is hard. I like my F-bombs. Anyway. Um, but, you know, I mean, because Dominic is not the only member of Judgment Day that has a match this year at WrestleMania. I, om I think almost every member of Judgment Day has a match this year at WrestleMania. So I think only because of the amount of heat that the Judgment Day has going for them right now, Dominic Mysterio is going to get the W over Ray. I think that's kind of an unpopular opinion. But, uh, you know, I mean, Ray I, is going into the Hall of Fame as well um, very soon. If not, th I think he's going in this year. I think I remember hearing that. But if not this year, the next year or possibly even the year before. He's, he's a first ballot, true grit Hall of Famer. There is no doubt about that. Um, but I just think that, you know, Ray's kind of, you know, getting to the end of his career here. And he's got to pass that torch. And that, I mean, who better to pass the torch to than your own kid, right? So those are the reasons that I think is going to make Dominic Mysterio go over in that one. Next up, what do, they, what do we have here? Oh, my fucking. Oh, I did it. I did it. Um, but at least it was kind of quiet, so maybe nobody else heard it. But I, 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 I said the I said the bad word. I said the, I said bad word. Um, but on this one, we got Seth freaking Rollins taking on uh, Logan Paul. You know, I mean, you start out on YouTube. I know the kids from Northeast Ohio, and, and I get that. I mean, you know, all the homers, all the homers out there, you know, everybody that's just like, I root for them just because he's from Cleveland. How does that get you with your football team, huh? Uh, you know, I, I get that whole that whole part of it. You know, he's a YouTube star. You know, this is the one thing he's always wanted to do, all that crap. I get all of that. And Logan Paul did put on a pretty good show against Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. Um, was that earlier this year? No, it was late last year. I'm still confused about if it's 2022 or 2023. Um, you know, but this is a different monster, right? I mean... For me, the best pay-per-view that I've seen over the past couple of years has been the Royal Rumble from earlier this year. That, that was a great pay-per-view. And then you follow that up with another great pay-per-view with the Elimination Chamber. So, so far already this year, this road to WrestleMania 
has been fantastic. And I don't think that WrestleMania is going to be any different. I'm looking forward to WrestleMania for the first time this year. I'm just breaking down these matches the way I feel about them, right? Um, but, you know, Roman Reigns is one kind of wrestler. Seth Rollins, even though that they were in the Shield together back in the day, um, is a completely different style of wrestler. And I think that Seth is going to match with Logan Paul a little bit better than Roman Reigns did. Even though Reigns and Logan Paul had a great match at Crown Jewel, like I said, I think this match is going to be a match that is going to shockingly surprise people at WrestleMania this year. I think this could possibly be a show stealer at WrestleMania with Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins. However, I do think that Rollins is going to go over in this one, and and uh, Logan Paul is going to take an L in this one. Now, this next one, you kind of have old school meeting new school when they have Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus taking on damage control. As much as I like Bailey and as much as I like the other two girls in damage control, Becky Lynch has been red hot for a very long time. And you're not going to bring back two women's division legends, two women that in an era where women's matches were delegated to pudding matches, mud wrestling, brawn panty matches, evening gown matches, wet t-shirt contests, and other, you know, demeaning, degrading things like that. These two were going out there and putting on phenomenal matches. And yeah, you know, there, for a while, especially when Lita was still with Team Extreme when she was uh, dating Matt Hardy and all that, you know, yeah, she would take her shirt off and then do the Lita Can Rana. But once she got into her own and once she was a solo competitor in, a, in the women's division, a lot of that gimmicky stuff that she was doing with Team Extreme went away. And we got to see just how great of a wrestler Lita was. Same thing with Trish Stratus. You know, once they kind of just sat there and said, we're no longer going to do these brawn panty matches. We're no longer going to do these degrading things. We want to go out there and we want to show the world what women can do in this industry, what women would look like as professional wrestlers. And I know Vince doesn't like that term, but bite me, Vince. It's still professional wrestling. And, you know, you are the only company in the world that is trying to stay away from that term. So get back with the times. Your son-in-law is in charge now. He's actually doing a good job. You need to need to ride off into the sunset and let Triple H handle things from here on out. All right. But anyway, with that said, you are not going to bring back two of the icons of women's wrestling and two of the trailblazers that made the women's division what it is today. You are not going to bring the two of them back and put them with a multi-time women's champion like Becky Lynch to have them lose. So in this one, like I said, I love damage control. I, I love Bailey. I like I like that whole heel gimmick that they have going on. 
Bailey is a phenomenal heel, but I just think that because of who is in this match, Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus are going to take the W in this one because you are not going to bring icons like Lita and Trish Stratus back and have them lose. That just doesn't seem like Vince's style. That doesn't seem like WWE's style. And like I said, I mean, Damage Control has been running roughshod over the women's division for a very long time. It's about time they take an L, honestly. Next up, a match that I'm looking forward to quite a bit. Everything that these four have touched in the last few months has been nothing but gold. So the next match that they have on here for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. The Usos taking on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Now, there are other people who have shows on this very network that have said that they do not expect the bloodline to leave WrestleMania without some kind of championship. Well, I hate to tell you this, but Mr. AKA, you're taking an L on that one. I think the bloodline is leaving WrestleMania without a single championship. And we're gonna start right here with the tag team championships. The Usos are gonna drop the belts to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and here's why. Because you had Sami Zayn go out there at Elimination Chamber and have the match of the night against Roman Reigns. That match stole the show. It was the best match on the card. It was the best match that I've seen out of WWE in quite some time. And while Sami Zayn did not leave the Elimination Chamber with the Undisputed World Heavyweight Championship, which I didn't expect him to do, I do expect him to leave WrestleMania with gold. And if he's got to do it with Kevin Owens, then gosh darn it, you're going to do it with Kevin Owens, man. And I think that that's the best way to do it. You strip the Usos of the unified or the uh, undisputed tag team championships, put them on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, because then you have a program that can go on all the way to SummerSlam. Pure gold, pure gold, pure gold, and I'm the guy that booked it, but I'm also the guy that's calling it. Usos not leaving WrestleMania with the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. They're going to, K to KO and Sami Zayn. These four are red hot right now. The Bloodline and the Sami Zayn storyline has been the talk of the wrestling world for the better part of two years. This Bloodline storyline is nothing but gold every time they touch anything involving anything. It has been great, but I do think that the Bloodline is going to be coming to an end, and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are leaving WrestleMania with the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. And we've got two matches left for Saturday night. Night one, tomorrow night, starting at 8 p.m. on Peacock in the U.S. and WWE Network everywhere else in the world you know they've been doing pre-shows that have been peacock exclusive so 
turn on your Peacock app around 7 p.m., and you'll probably get a pre-show. All right, but the next match up, here is the second member of the Judgment Day to have a match at WrestleMania. Like I said, I think we're going to see every member of the Judgment Day in a match. And this is for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair taking on Rhea Ripley. I need to talk to my girl Rhea Ripley here real quick. Rhea, you made a mistake. When you won the Olymp when you won the Women's Royal Rumble, you should have left Charlotte Flair alone. You would have had the match of the year, and I guarantee you would have had match of the year if you took on Bianca Bell. Can, can you go over there and tell Wixie to shut up? I'm in the middle of a show here. Jesus. No one cares about their old ass music. I'm talking about WrestleMania. Anyway, you made a mistake when you didn't go against Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair and you could have had the greatest match of the year, and I do think you could have won match of the year had you gone up against Bianca Belair. But instead, you decided to go up against Krusty, Rusty, old, should retire because she looks like crap, Charlotte Flair. She needs to just ride off into the sunset with her husband or fiance, whatever the hell he is, that doesn't even wrestle in WWE anymore. He's over in that all elite wrestling crap. Um, and they're becoming slowly becoming crap. As much of an AEW fan as I used to be, they're slowly becoming just about as bad as the people that own them, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Anyway, um, so for this one, I'm really, 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 really hoping that Rhea Ripley gets the W over Charlotte Flair, takes that belt off of Charlotte. The only reason, and, and I, I hate to speak ill of this because Ric Flair is a legend, but the only reason that Charlotte Flair has been given all of the opportunities and all the chances that she's had in WWE, even though I do not think she is one of the better women's wrestlers that are in WWE currently, is because her last name is Flair. I mean, her being married to Conrad Thompson means bupkis because, you know, Conrad's show on the WWE Network lasted, what, a month? But I'm really thinking that Rhea Ripley can win this match, can take that belt off of Charlotte. However, the only reason I think it may not happen is because now you're going to have a member of Judgment Day as the SmackDown Women's Champion and the Judgment Day, as of right now, is still a raw brand. They are a staple that is exclusive to raw. And part of that had to deal with Dominic and Ray. That's why Ray left and jumped and moved to SmackDown. So that's the only reason that I think Charlotte might win this. But I'm thinking and I'm hoping that Rhea because of how red hot, like I said, Judgment Day is right now, they're one of the bigger names on the brand, that Rhea can go over against Charlotte and win the SmackDown Women's Championship. You know, because we all know what's going to happen right after WrestleMania. They're going to have the WWE draft, and things are going to get shaken up. So there's a possibility that they could move Judgment Day to SmackDown, move Ray back to Raw, depending on what happens there, or maybe this will be Ray's retirement. We don't know. 
All right, but the main event, what, what I'm thinking is the main event because it's the one in the biggest font on this picture. And like I said, this is the official WWE breakdown of the cards from WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday, night one, night two. So what I'm thinking is going to be the main event is for the United States Championship, and it is John Cena versus the champion, Austin Theory. Now, if there's anybody, anybody, that can pass a torch and make somebody the next, really, we're honking horns and shit now too? All right, whatever. Um, anybody could pass a torch to the next generation of superstar in the WWE right now other than if The Rock were to come out and pass the torch to Roman Reigns and acknowledge him, it would be John Cena doing it to Austin Theory. Obviously, I do not expect John Cena to win the United States Championship over Austin Theory. I think that this is solely and truly just a passing of the torch match. Austin Theory is going to remain and retain the United States Championship against John Cena, and that's just going to be the way it is. They ain't going to put that belt back on John Cena. Just for the storyline. What storyline? Pass the torch to Austin Theory. They're not going to do that. Okay. I hope they do, but they're yeah. not going to do it. John it's Cena's done. Eh, what money? He John Cena's making more money making Fast and Furious yeah, movies with, with, with Vin you. Diesel. But for that company, they're going to bring John Cena eh. like The Rock. The Rock ain't coming back. The Rock said, no, I'm out of shape. Leave me alone. <laughs> I hope they do something, though. They're going to do something big, though. Well, we, we'll see. We'll see. The only reason John Cena is even there is to promote Fast and Furious 10. Fast and Furious, we should all die at the end of this movie because the franchise sucks. So. I agree with you on that. It ain't like it used to be. Not since the third movie. All right. So, that I think, just because of the way that WWE put this ad out, since John Cena and Austin Theory are in the biggest font and it is for the biggest title next to the tag team titles on this match. I'm pretty sure that is going to be your main event for night one at WrestleMania. So with that, it's about the hour break line here. Uh, we're going to go to break right here in the asylum. Uh, this week we are going to be playing, uh, what song did I pick? I picked, uh, okay, so this is a little bit of local flair. I've played them before here on, on, the, uh, on Money's Crazy Mind, but we're going to do it yet again. Here is Flawed to Perfection by a band from Akron, Ohio, by the name of Bones of Giants. We'll be back not too long here, uh, live at the Piston Powered Autorama here at <clears throat> the IX Center. Uh, and we'll be right back.
Oh wow, that sounds that sounds really great. Wow, that sounds like a really good deal. Who are you talking to? Uh, the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. Hello, Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. What are you wearing? Uh, khakis. Well, that sounds hideous. Well, they're Ghostbusters. All right, here we go, here we go. Hour number two, the asylum is still open. The building may not physically be standing anymore because we burned it to the ground last week, but we are still uh, accepting new positions for beds. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Hour number two. Now, before we get into Sunday night's card for WrestleMania, and I'm sure everyone Everyone wants to know my thoughts on the main event for Sunday night, night two of WrestleMania. We'll get to that, I promise. But before we do that, tomorrow, like I said, we're going to be here all weekend long. Tomorrow, if you guys want to see me make a complete and utter dork <laughs> of myself, I guess it's the PG way of saying what I'm trying to say here. Because like I said, you know, we got little kids playing in the sand over here, playing with the Tonka trucks and stuff. So I'm trying to keep it as PG as possible. It's tough. This is the, probably the first time, the first time in the entire history of Money's Crazy Mind. And we've been, I've been doing this show for seven years. This is, I think, my second year going on. Yeah, second year with Redline Radio. But this is the first time in the entire history of Money's Crazy Mind that I have been trying not to swear. I know I've dropped, I, I've, I've had a couple of mix-ups, but, you know, that's it, it's par for the course when we do this. All right. But tomorrow, here's what we're going to do, okay? We're going to be here all day, broadcasting live all day tomorrow. Here's what we're going to do. In honor of my guys and the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters, since we couldn't be here this year, I am going to come tomorrow and be in my Ghostbusters uniform all day tomorrow for the event. I'll probably take the flight suit off. Uh, right before we go live for the Steel City Renegades. So anybody that's out there watching that wants to come and have their picture taken with a Ghostbuster, and I will be debuting. All right, here we go. Here's the big one. I will be debuting the brand-new Hasbro HasLab Spangler's Proton Pack inspired by the movie Ghostbusters Afterlife tomorrow. I will have it all decked out, looking pretty, and I'll bring it out tomorrow for the show. All right, so now that that's out of the way, so be prepared. I'm going to be wearing a flight suit tomorrow. It's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Trust me. All right, let's get into this. Let's, let's end the show here this week. Here we go. Night two of WrestleMania, Sunday night. Again, this is the official WWE breakdown that they posted on their Twitter account. So I guess that match uh, from night one, let me just go back to night one for just a second. The match with Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders is called a WrestleMania showcase match. So the WrestleMania showcase match for night two 
is a women's tag team match. So we've got Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, and Liv Morgan's going through a little bit of a uh, identity crisis uh, versus Natalia and Shotzi versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Who didn't see that tag team coming? Versus Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green. See, here's a match that's kind of hard for me to predict. And here's why. I like so many people in this match. I really like Ronda Rousey for reasons that don't really have much to do with her wrestling skills. Uh, but I like Ronda Rousey. I like Shayna Baszler. I like Natalia. And I like Liv Morgan. So that's three out of the four teams in this match that I have wrestlers that in, in the match that I'm partial to. So I'm going to base this just on who's got the most to lose from this. Chelsea Green just returned. And Sonya Deville's kind of been straggling as of late. But same thing can be said about Natalia. Same thing can be said about Ronda Rousey. So where do I think WWE is going to go with this? Well, we see the change in character that is kind of coming out with Liv Morgan. So I see this match going one of two ways. Just because Chelsea Green, like I said, just returned and, and you know, is making her, her WWE um, debut, I can see it going to either Sonya Deville or Chelsea Green, or because we're starting to see this character change in Liv Morgan, it could possibly go Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. So that's where I'm going to leave it. As much as I think Ronda Rousey needs something to kind of oomph her career in WWE, because it has been stagnant ever since she lost the Women's Championship, you know, uh, her, her and Shayna Baszler as a tag team, I think is kind of the best place for Ronda right now. So, I mean, I don't see them putting Ronda and Shayna over, especially with some of the other names in this match, like I said. Natalia, she's kind of been like the mainstay for pretty much two generations of women's division in WWE. So that's part of, part, part of the other reason why I don't see this going to Natalia. Natalia's kind of happy being where she is and, and doing what she's been doing. So, you know, and she's, she's pretty much just helping Shotzi out at this point. So that's why I see it could either be Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez and Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green. Those are the two tag teams that I think might win this match. Now we move on to the match that should probably not happen. And this is probably, um, this is probably when I'm going to go and pull a chipper and take a poop. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Omos. They've done so much with Brock in this latest return. They've done so many things to put Brock into a position that I feel he kind of needs to be in. And then they poop the bed and put him with Omos at WrestleMania, biggest stage of them all. Now, does Omos kind of need a big match to kind of put him over the top? Yes, 
but I don't think he needs to do it with somebody like Brock Lesnar. Now, there's a bunch of articles out there, and there's a bunch of scuttlebutt out there, to steal another term from Taz, that Brock kind of requested this match. But if you look at who's the people that's reporting on that, they're people that have been categorically wrong on their predictions for the better part of 10 years. Denied. So that, that's the only reason why I feel like this is more than Brock asking to face Omos. I think Brock wanted a match at WrestleMania. That, that, that I'll be 100% on. But I don't think he wanted against somebody like Omos. You did this great thing beefing up Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. That storyline never really came to fruition. So what are we doing here with this? What are we expecting to happen with this Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar storyline? You had the perfect opportunity, even though, and, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll preface it with this, even though Bobby Lashley is no longer the world, uh, the United States champion, you could still have a beat-down brawl with two of the bigger guys physically in WWE with Brock and Bobby and have that actually possibly being a show-stealing match. And, I mean, you could throw MVP in there. You can bring back the Hurt Locker. You can do all these amazing things with the story. But instead, you kind of just went, we don't care. We're going to put Brock against Omos. Why? We don't know. But we're going to. So this match, like I said, is probably the I'm going to go take a poop match. And I'll probably just listen to it from the living room while I'm taking a poop. Um, if I have to guess, if... Brock is going to hang around and, and do a little bit of a longer run than he's done in the past, Brock wins. If Brock is going to go home and play Farmer again, then Omos is going to win. Not that I have any problem with Brock staying home playing Farmer. I don't. I actually like this weird hillbilly mix character that they're doing with Brock. Now, here's a match that has huge potential, and it is for the... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I skipped a match. Sorry. This match is very interesting. And like I said, so far, well, okay. I don't see his name anywhere on the card. So it looks like the only member of the Judgment Day, and who really gives a flying nanny about this guy anyway? He's kind of just there. He's not really doing much in the Judgment Day in Damian Priest. But here we have the third member of the Judgment Day. Like I said, Judgment Day is all over WrestleMania this year. So here we have the third member of the Judgment Day, the supposed leader of the Judgment Day, taking on Edge. So we have Edge versus Finn Balor in a hell in a cell. And there's a lot of scuttlebutt around this match. Finn Balor has already announced that he's bringing back the Demon Balor character for this match at WrestleMania. So already... Potential match of the night candidate right there, just having the Demon Balor back. Now, the other scuttlebutt surrounding this match is that Edge is going to be coming out 
with Gangrel. But there's also some other scuttlebutt that somehow they have pitched a deal with not only AEW, because I'm pretty sure this guy is contracted in both companies, with not just AEW, but Impact Wrestling, to have Christian Cage come back for WrestleMania as well. So what does that mean? Well, it means we get a brood reunion at WrestleMania. So what do I want to see from a brood reunion at WrestleMania? Well, there's three things I want to see. I want to see them rise up out of the ground, surrounded by fire like they used to do in the Attitude Era. I want to see Gangrel with the chalice. I want to see Gangrel drink from the chalice. I want to see Gangrel spit blood after he drinks from the chalice. And I want to hear the brood theme. I don't want Edge coming out to Metalingus. I don't even want them coming out to that original. You think you know me. And I don't want them coming out to Rob Zombie. No. If we're going to have Gangrel and Christian there, and we're going to do a brood reunion, all I want to hear is the brood theme song from the 90s. That's what I want. If you play anything other than the brood theme, that's what you're going to get from me. Denied. All right. So... This is very similar to the Rey Mysterio-Dominic Mysterio match. Edge and Balor have been going at it since they kicked Edge out of Judgment Day. So this, again, is a comeuppance match, much like the Dominic-Rey Mysterio match. Again... WWE is not going to spend the kind of money that they're spending to especially since Christian is under contract with another wrestling company who's giving him permission to make this one night appearance and pay the money to get Gangrel out of whatever the hell Gangrel's been doing for 20 years you're not going to spend that kind of money to do this level of a reunion. If the Christian Cage story is true, I cannot confirm or deny that the Christian Cage story is true. It's just scuttlebutt that I've been hearing around the internet. However, I do think that they've pretty much confirmed that Gangrel is coming back. But you're not going to spend the kind of money that you're going to spend to bring Gangrel and Christian Cage back, especially when we know the antics that Christian Cage and Edge can do when they're together, and not have Edge win this match. Do I think Finn Balor needs this match to solidify anything for the Judgment Day? <clears throat> Judgment Day is hot. And there's nothing that Finn or Dominic need to do to make them any hotter. Right now, they have Rhea Ripley that can keep Judgment Day relevant by beating Charlotte Flair on night one. However... We're also looking at a little bit of a different monster here when it comes to Finn Balor. We're not just talking about the high flippy do high spot Finn Balor. We're talking about the Demon Balor, a character that we have not seen in WWE for quite some time. Now, again, there's other people on this very network that say 
that Finn being the Demon Balor doesn't change much. His style doesn't change that much when he's the Demon Balor. I beg to differ. I can see clear differences between Finn Balor wrestling and the Demon Balor wrestling. So there is that. There's that aspect where Finn does change his wrestling style up, however slightly, when he's the Demon Balor. Not only that, but we've seen in the past Finn vary up that paint job of the Demon Balor depending on who he's wrestling. And if he knows, which I'm sure he does, if he knows that Edge is bringing Gangrel and Christian with him and they're going to do a uh, brood reunion, he's going to do something to that paint job that turns him into the Demon Balor to try to intimidate Edge. So with that said, especially since I think that this, we are going to see a brood reunion, I do think that that's going to happen. I do think both Gangrel and Christian are showing up at WrestleMania. It's not like we've heard Christian Cage's name very often on Impact or AEW. Um, but since I do think that both of them are showing up, I do think that they're going to have the brood come out first. And then you're going to have the Demon Balor follow them. So that's a way for Finn to continue to get into Edge's head. This match, again, it's kind of ticky-tacky, and I do think it can go either way. Now, like I said, Finn does not need to win this match. And we know from the the post-match press conference at uh, Backlash or Elimination Chamber, I think that's what they call the pay-per-view this year, Elimination Chamber, that Edge is kind of starting to wind down his career. He does want to try to win the World Heavyweight Championship one more time. Defeating Finn Balor can definitely put him in that conversation. Now, I mean, he's Edge. And we all know that he's done enough goofy crap, keeping it PG, at Money in the Bank. And he's known as Mr. Opportunist because of when he's cashed in those briefcases when he's won Money in the Bank in the past. So Edge does have other roads of getting to the World Heavyweight Championship. But defeating Finn Balor, the Demon Balor, which not very many people can say that they have done in NXT and WWE, defeating Finn Balor would definitely put him in the conversation to put him in Money in the Bank. But not only that, but put him in the race for the World Heavyweight Championship. So that those are the reasons that I think Edge is going to be your winner in Hell in a Cell over the Demon Balor. And again, like I said, Finn Balor does not need to win this match. Judgment Day is hot no matter what happens. Dominic can lose to Ray, which I really don't think that's going to happen. Finn can lose to Edge. And Rhea can defeat Charlotte Flair, and the Judgment Day does not lose any heat. Plus, having them lose and having them come out and say, did you see how close I was to beating my daddy? Did you see how close I was to defeating the Hall of Famer Edge? 
wouldn't that just make you want to slap the taste out of their mouths even more than it would if they came out there and say, look what we did. We did exactly what we said we were going to do, and we beat those guys. I think neither one of them need to lose or win, I should say. Neither one of them need to win, so Edge will go up, will go over Finn Balor in Hell in a Cell. Plus, we're talking about Edge here. How much Hell in a Cell experience does the man have, honestly? Okay, moving on. Intercontinental Championship Triple Threat. We have Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Sit down, Lisa. I know I mentioned Drew McIntyre, but it's okay. This match is going to be the Where's the Beef match because all three of these dudes are huge monsters. And they all have reasons to be intercontinental champion. You got the jar of mayonnaise, Sheamus, who has won the belt before. You've got the original heir apparent to the WWE, the hand-picked guy by Vince McMahon in his original run in WWE, in Drew McIntyre, a former world champion in his own right. And you have the guy who's been kicking booty hole and taking name in the WWE as of recently, Gunther. So all three of these guys have a claim to that Intercontinental Championship. Just looking at these three guys, I have no idea how this match is going to turn out. I wish I did. I wish I could sit there and tell you guys definitively it's going to be Sheamus. It's going to be Drew McIntyre. It's going to be Gunther. But in reality, I do not know who is going to win this match. I can say who I want to win the match because, again, you're just looking at heat. I want to see all the guys that currently have heat retain some level of heat. Now, the other interesting part of this is that all three of these competitors have wins against each other. That's the other caveat in this. These three guys have been beating the poop out of each other for the better part of a year. So where do I see this match going? I'm going to give you two scenarios. Hi, Lisa. I'm going to give you two scenarios. We all know that, like I said, Drew McIntyre is the heir apparent, or was at one point the heir apparent that Vince McMahon had him picked. But I also think that because of the way Gunther looks, or I'm sorry, let me say it in a way that, you know, WWE would want me to say it. Gunther looks. I can also see him taking a win in this. This is interesting. Sheamus, I mean, you know, he's part of the Brawling Brutes, so I'm, or the, uh, yeah, the Brawling Brutes, I think, is the, is the stable. Um, you know, and again, I think Sheamus is kind of starting to wind down his career. 
he's kind of mad at Seth Rogen right now because Seth Rogen didn't cast him to be Rocksteady again in the new Ninja Turtles movie. We'll talk about that at another time. Trust me, I've got a lot to say about that Seth Rogen Ninja Turtles movie, but I can't do it here at the IX Center because I need to be able to drop F-bombs. But... I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw out a name. I'm not gonna give reasons why. I've, I kind of already explained why I think the two people in this match that could win this match will win this match. Is that a USB C to lightning, or is it lightning to lightning? Wait, give me a second. Unplug my phone and plug it into my block. My block's over on the side. Um, sorry, Lisa's trying to charge her phone. Um, Here's what I think is going to happen, okay? I'm just going to throw a name out there. I'm not going to give any reason why because, quite frankly, this match is just going to be, like I said, the battle of the where's the beef. Hey, I like that kid's outfit, man. Hey, you know what? I got that exact same outfit at home, and I'm going to wear it here tomorrow. So if you want to come back tomorrow, you can get your picture taken with a real Ghostbuster. All right? I'm actually the vice president of the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters, so I have, like, four of those at home. <laughs> uh, we couldn't get on the show this year because they had to shorten it because of what the, the changes that they made. But if you guys come to the Cleveland Gaming Convention in September, we will be there, and we will have Ecto-Ram there as well. Right here in the IX Center. Yep. September 22nd and 23rd, yeah. We'll be here for that, too. But tomorrow, because I like making a dork of myself, I'm trying to be PG. I'm going to wear my Ghostbusters flight suit all day tomorrow doing the radio station stuff that I'm doing here. So, yeah, if you guys are here tomorrow, you know where to find a Ghostbuster. No problem. Little kid walked by in a Ghostbusters flight suit, man. I mean, I'm, I'm a Ghostbuster. I got to talk to the kid. I'm sorry. It's, it, the logo is tattooed on my arm, for Christ's sake. So, all right. Anyway, getting back to this, I'm just going to pick, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong on quite a few of these predictions for WrestleMania, but I'm just going to pick it. I'm going to pick it. If I'm wrong, I'll take my L, but I'm picking Gunther, okay? That, that, that's it. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, they've been in the WWE for, for a long time. Well, Drew, not as long as Sheamus, because Drew left, went to Impact, failed, and then came back. But anyway... <laughs> Not, that's, that has nothing to do against Drew. That has everything to do against Impact Wrestling. Um, but I do think that Gunther being the new blood and everything that they have going on with this storyline, this is a storyline that they can keep going for a very long time, you know, possibly all the way into, into SummerSlam. Uh, but I, I'm going to pick Gunther. All right, here we have the Raw Women's Championship match. Again, you picked wrong, Rhea. This should be your match. But we have Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion, taking on Asuka. We're talking about Asuka at WrestleMania. One of the most irrelevant women in the past two years in the WWE going up against one of the hottest names in the women's division right now in Miss EST herself. Bianca Belair. This should have been Rhea Ripley's match. I don't know what they were thinking putting Rhea up against Charlotte Flair. 
been there, done that. We saw it in NXT and WWE. Move on. Charlotte Flair needs to get her crusty, rusty butt out of the WWE and just go live with uh, Andrade C and Almas over in, in AEW land. I'm, I'm done with Charlotte Flair, but I've already talked about that. Here's the problem I have with this match. Like I said, what has Asuka done for me recently? What has Rhea Ripley done recently? Kick butt and take names. That's all Rhea Ripley's done. Or not Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair has been kicking butt and taking names all over the Raw Women's Division. She beat Bailey at Royal Rumble. She's beaten some of the top names in the women's division of this generation. And I even think you can probably put her up with two legends, let's just say, that are already going to be at WrestleMania Saturday night. Lita, Trish Stratus, Stacey, well, maybe not Stacey Keebler, because Stacey Keebler can just kick you in the face while standing on the other side of the ring. But you can pretty much put Bianca Belair up against any, any of the um, innovators of the women's division over the past 20 years. Okay, so I got a half hour to continue talking, which I knew already, so please stop making announcements while I'm on, my, on, on the air. Thank you. Jeez, I'm competing against everybody here tonight. You see, here's what we should do. And I'm going to, and I'm going to, we got the, the uh, RPW World Tag Team Championships here. I'm going to demand that the owner of, of Redline Pro Wrestling bring the full throttle and World Heavyweight Championship here tomorrow. And I'm going to go over and I'm going to kick all the rusty, busty, crusty guys' butts in Wixie, and we're going to film it, and that'll be the first official match of, of RPW. And then I can get to walk around with all the gold tomorrow. And that should be funny, because <laughs> like I said, I'm wearing my Ghostbusters flight suit tomorrow. So I'm going to beat up a bunch of DJs from another radio station in my Ghostbusters flight suit. Don't miss it. All right. Anyway, moving on. Bianca Belair and Asuka. Asuka, what have you done for me recently? Bianca Belair, you've done everything you need to do. So here's where I have a problem with this. Bianca Belair no longer needs the Raw Women's Championship. She is established. She is EST. She's done it. She's proven she can beat everybody because she's beaten just about everybody. But here's the other problem. Asuka doesn't need this belt. Asuka doesn't need the belt. The only reason they're doing this match, and I, I hate to be that guy. I hate to be Mr. Negativity, but here I go. The only reason Asuka is even in this match is, A, they decided to put Rhea Ripley up against Charlotte Flair for some un, unknown stupid reason. But Asuka also recently just made a return to WWE. So this is their way of trying to do exactly what they've been doing with Roman Reigns for the past two years and shove Asuka down our throats. Well, guess what, WWE? I'm choking. I don't want Asuka shoved down my throat anymore. I want new blood. You have a lot of young women 
in the women's division that you have pulled up from NXT recently that you are doing absolutely bupkis with. Could you imagine how this show would sound if we were not piping this out over speakers into the IX Center? Could you imagine some of the things I could have said, especially with a phrase like, I'm choking on Asuka? So unfortunately, since you have two people in this match, Bianca Belair and Asuka, neither of which need the Raw Women's Championship, I'm going to predict it right here the night before, well, two nights before this match, but the night before WrestleMania starts, that Bianca Belair is going to leave WrestleMania night two as the Raw Women's Champion because it does not make sense to put this belt on Asuka, period. All right, here we go. The main event of main events at WrestleMania this year. We all know what it is. And I am going to make the most boldest predict. Well, actually, I'm not, because I think this is what everybody else is thinking is going to happen. But I'm going to explain to you why I think this is what's going to happen. I already said when we talked about the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, that I don't think a single member of the bloodline is leaving WrestleMania with a strap. So you can kind of already see where I'm going with this match. Roman Reigns versus the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes for the undisputed world I'm sorry, they're not even calling it the World Heavyweight Championship anymore. Undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Wow, there's a lot of unnecessary words in that title. Just call it the Universal Championship, man. Combine the belts, make it one belt again, and just make it the Universal Champion. Of course he's undisputed. He's the champion. Jiminy Christmas. What are you thinking? Never mind, I know what you're thinking. Okay. Tim, by the way, I was a bad boy and I said two cuss words. What's up? Hey, I'm good. I'm on the air talking about wrestling. So, uh, Megan, if you're watching, <laughs> um, Van is here. I thought that's what your name was. I just wasn't sure if I was going to say it right. All right. But, um, yeah, so main event, WrestleMania night two, Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. Here's my version of a hot take on this, all right? Roman Reigns has been the champion far too long. Roman Reigns has been telling insignificant little specks in the WWE to acknowledge him for far too long. If the match that we were originally supposed to get at WrestleMania would have happened, I'd be singing a little bit of a different tone here, okay? Or tune, I should say. The entire reason they pushed the bloodline as fast and hard as they have been pushing that stable for the past year and a half has been because they were building towards Roman Reigns versus the Rock. 
Now, obviously, The Rock is a little busy right now. The Rock owns the XFL. The Rock has been showing up at every XFL game since the season started. Not only that, but The Rock admitted, I'm fat, I'm out of shape, I'm not showing up at WrestleMania. So then WWE had a problem. Who are we going to put Roman Reigns against? Well, the answer came when Cody Rhodes decided to leave the company that he essentially started when he left AEW. He comes back to WWE, red hot, on fire, American Nightmare, you know, the, the, the same theme song, same color scheme, same stupid neck tattoo as he had in AEW. He was red hot. He was beating everybody. Then he completely destroyed his shoulder. I have never seen bruising like that on anybody. So kudos to Cody Rhodes for having the holy poop stain wrestling industry uh, injury, I'm sorry, of the decade. A close second is what Triple H did. And probably Bob Holly when he broke or when he cut his back open on on the corner of a table and he's in the, the WWE ECW, which actually was extremely crappy wrestling because they destroyed the legacy of ECW in a matter of a year. But you have Cody come back. Cody was on the fast track of winning that belt when he first came back. And if you don't think when Cody was negotiating to return to WWE that there wasn't the phrase, I want the Universal Champion around my, Universal Championship around my waist in the very near future, you're crazy. And you need your head examined. I know a guy. I, I have an asylum. I know a guy that can, that can fix you up. Anyway. Then Cody gets injured. He's out for almost a year. And then WWE does the dumb thing and starts promoting that Cody is returning. Instead of making that be the shock of shocks and have him return to the Rumble, you can still have him enter number 30 like you did, which I still think was stupid, by the way, especially since you've been announcing for a month and a half, hey, Cody Rhodes is coming back. Hey, Tim. Did you hear Cody Rhodes is coming back at the Royal Rumble? Really? Lisa, did you know that Cody Rhodes was coming back at the Royal Rumble? What? I mean, they only announced it for two f flippin' months. Now, you could have put Cody Rhodes in that match at any number and still have him won it because you announced his return for two months. But you did the stupid thing. You put him in at number 30 and you had him win. Which makes Cody look weak, by the way, WWE. Triple H, I'm looking at you. Now, you have Cody return at the Rumble. You have him win the Rumble. Cool, I'm fine with that. So you obviously know the next thing that Cody Rhodes is going to do is he's going to challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. You've been building this return now for four months. The two months prior to WrestleMania, or to the Royal Rumble, and the two months since Cody won the Royal Rumble. 
your original plan for what you were going to do with the Universal Championship at WrestleMania got derailed when The Rock said, I'm too fat, I'm too busy, and I'm out of shape. I'm not showing up at WrestleMania. Now, you got to think about it like this. The Rock even told Vin Diesel, I'm too busy to show up for Fast and Furious 10. Now, where do you go from here? Well, unfortunately, there's only one place you can go from here. And where you go from here is having Cody Rhodes completely beat the poopy out of Roman Reigns and win the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship at WrestleMania, which I don't think is very much of a hot take because I think everybody pretty much thinks Cody Rhodes is walking out of WrestleMania with the strap. But not for the reasons that I explained. Not for the reasons that Cody Rhodes left the company that he started in AEW and came back to WWE. Probably demanded quite a few championship reigns in WWE. Not only that, but you hyped his return for four months two months prior to him making his return, and then two months since making his return, claiming the exact same thing. Oh, I got hurt. I tore my shoulder clear off the bone. They pretty much had to put my arm back on my body. Sound familiar, Baker Mayfield? And I want the World Heavyweight Championship. I want the Undisputed Championship. I want Roman Reigns. We all knew who Cody was going to pick. Because, uh, obviously, there's nobody else. But here's the other thing. Think about this. Prior to Cody Rhodes leaving AEW, him and his smoking hot wife, Brandy, had their own reality show, Roads to the Top. Obviously, I'm still on the air, dude. They don't care, guys. Apparently not. Neither does Wixie. Did you, did you hear what I said I was going to do? I said I demand that the owner of Redline Pro Wrestling bring the full throttle and World Heavyweight Championship to the IX Center tomorrow so I can beat up the DJs at Wixie and we can be the undisputed radio station of the Piston Power Show. Have you seen those guys? <laughs> anyway, obviously my pick to win <laughs> the undisputed World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania is Cody Rhodes. Now, but think about this. USA has been pretty much demanding their own world champion since the new, since the second version of the brand split. So here's what you can do. I'm going to put my Paul Heyman hat on for a second. I got Paul's hair. It works. Here's what you can do. You can have Cody win, obviously, both belts at WrestleMania. Then, over the next few months, after you hold the WWE draft, and you decide who's going to stay on Raw, who's going to go to SmackDown, you know, and vice versa. You can sit here and say 
that while it's nice having an undisputed universal champion, SmackDown feels like they're being the redheaded stepchild again. And you can then say that we're going to do the right thing as WWE management and split the title. So then Raw has the... You don't even need to change the name here. You don't need to go back to World, uh, World Heavyweight Champion. You can say that Raw has the Raw Universal Champion, and then SmackDown has the SmackDown Universal Champion, and then that way you're still keeping the audiences together but separate. And they did this successfully during the original brand split because you put certain people that you knew a core part of your audience wanted to see on Raw, and you put another core people that you knew people wanted to see on SmackDown. And people were literally choosing sides. So now you can start that war again between Raw and SmackDown by having the Raw Universal Champion. I'm going to assume they're going to want Cody Rhodes. And then USA could have a rival to Miz and Mrs., by bringing back Rhodes to the top. You're obviously not going to be able to call it Rhodes to the top because I'm pretty sure TNT owns the name of that. But I'm sure you can find another clever name for the Cody Rhodes and Brandy show. And then, if you have to, if you think that you need to continue to shove Roman Reigns down our throats the way that you're shoving Asuka down our throats... Then you can have Roman beat Cody for the SmackDown Championship. And then the bloodline can stay on SmackDown and still look dominant. That, I feel, is the proper thing to do with that. But you heard, you've heard the announcement now twice during my show the IX Center is getting ready to close. We need to make sure that we're out of here by a certain time because, you know, they kind of force us to do that. Um, so my final thoughts this year on WrestleMania, we've gone through the entire card. My final thoughts on WrestleMania is that this is probably going to be one of the better manias and stronger manias than we've had in, in quite a few years. The, regardless on if you're a fan of AEW or Impact, or New Japan, or anything like that. Everybody agrees, WrestleMania is the show of shows. Even if you're not a pure WWE fan, at some point you are going to tune in to WrestleMania. At least I would think you would, because it's the mecca of wrestling shows. Looking at the cards for both nights, and again, this is probably going to be, this is the un unpopular decision that I was, I was talking about earlier. I think night one is your strong night, and night two is your eh night. 
There's some promising matches on night two. Obviously, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes is going to be great. Bianca Belair versus Asuka has the potential to be great, but it depends on what version of Asuka we get. And Edge versus Finn Balor is going to tear the house down. But other than those three matches, I don't see anything else on night two to, to keep my attention. I mean, even dur dur during that, that triple threat women's tag team WrestleMania showcase match, if I eat too much while we're here at the Piston Power Show, because we, we leave here at 6 o'clock Sunday night, I might end up taking a poop during that match. And I might still be taking a poop during Brock Lesnar versus Omos, because who wants to watch that garbage? So in reality, I mean, you're looking at probably a good hour of WrestleMania on night two as straight crap. And Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus has the potential to be a stinker as well. We know it closes in 10 minutes. Can I finish my show, please? So there's my unpopular opinion. I think night one is going to be better than night two. There you have it. That's my breakdown of WrestleMania 2023 here on Money's Crazy Mind. Now, here's what we got coming up over the next couple of weeks. Obviously, I said I have a lot to say about the Seth Rogen um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. We might do that next week. But then the week after that, April 14th, the day that Metallica's new album, 72 Seasons, comes out, we will be talking about that album in the asylum full two hours. Like I said, I'm going to be interviewing an actual musician. So we're going to be musicians talking musicians with Tony Gonzalez of Four Loco. And we're going to be talking about the new Metallica album. So there we go. That's April 14th. But next week, yes, I'm pretty sure we're probably going to be talking all the poop that we can about the Seth Rogen uh, Ninja Trolls movie. And then we'll also see how right I was on some of my predictions for WrestleMania. But since we have to start getting out of here because they're going to start telling us, hey, move it or lose it, sister, here at the IX Center, we're going to go ahead and close out the night here. Thank you, everybody, for checking out our live stream. We've been on the air for about five hours live streaming. We might do things just a, a smidge different tomorrow. Uh, we might try to stop and start the stream for every show, but if that become, it begins to... Bleh, I can talk, I promise. If that starts to get too cumbersome, we will just do one continuous stream for the entire day like we did today. All right, but that's going to do it for Money's Crazy Mind this week. That was the WrestleMania card, and look at that. We're getting Blockbuster back. Who let you out of Vegas? God damn it. All right, anyway, oh, there it is. Three times, third time's the strike. I got to go. All right, <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. with that guy dub. Until tomorrow, everybody, have a week. Money's Crazy Mind is a proud Redline Media Group and nameless, faceless production. That's all, folks.